0: The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of the Belmont Media Center or the Town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Welcome to the Hopeless Fancast, the podcast that loves fans as much as fans love pop culture. I'm your host, Eileen Maxson. Before you listen to our show, be pre-warned, there will be spoilers. For today's episode, we are talking with Michael A. Burstein, who is a writer, an editor, and an elected local official uh, from Brookline. How are you doing, Michael?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great too. Uh, we are talking about the TV show Voyagers. Now, I had never heard about Voyagers before because I'm much younger. It's uh, <laughs> like <laughs> so it came out when I was four years old. I don't think that my parents would have been very happy to have me watching Bog, you know, <laughs> macking on women when I was four. But you were interested in coming on the show and you wanted to, to talk about this show, and so. I watched it and it is awesome.
1: Well I'm I'm very glad to hear that. I'm I'm hoping that people listening will will find themselves moved and interested in seeking out this show. So why don't I uh, tell you a little bit about it, tell everybody what what this show is that we're talking about. Go for it. Um, So the TV show Voyagers, which uh, in the title ends with an exclamation point. Yes. So maybe we should call it Voyagers Bang, I don't know, (laughs) um, was a one-season TV show that lasted from the years 1982 to 1983. And it was one of of these shows that was designed at the time for the educational hour as it were for kids. It was being shown on Sundays at 7 o'clock by NBC and the premise of the show was actually very clever I think for what it was trying to do. The, the point of the show was to teach kids history but they did it in this wonderful time travel story way. The, the setup is, you know, when you, when you watch the very first episode, uh, actually it opens with a dream. There's a kid he's almost 12 years old He's dreaming of defending his parents from pirates. And then he wakes up and he's living in this high rise in Manhattan. He's he's a very um, attractive looking kid. You know, he, he he looks like he could be very tough and, and very cool. Mm-hmm. And in this apartment in this high rise, and it's clear you hear a conversation going on that apparently his parents died in an accident. And he's mm-hmm. basically been given to an aunt to take care of. And it's clear, you know, from the very beginning, he's spying a little bit on his aunt and um, a man who I may or may not be his uncle. Basically, the two of them want to go away to Cancun. They don't want him. He has a dog. You know, he's obviously very sad. And then suddenly this guy shows up in his apartment falling from beyond the roof, um, <laughs> dressed like a pirate. Yeah. And he's like ranting about, where am I, kid? I'm looking for Columbus. Um, and the, the guy's carrying with him this uh, leather-bound book. And the book gets grabbed by his dog, by the kid's dog. So the, And the kid ends up falling out the window. And this guy realizes he's got to rescue the kid, jumps out the window, too, to grab the kid. You're like, oh, where, where are they going? Mm-hmm. You know, because aren't they both going to die? But it turns out that this man, whose name is Phineas Bogg, is a time traveler. He's one of a group of time travelers called Voyagers. And he grabs the kid, whose name is Jeffrey Jones, Jeffrey. Uh, To save his life, but the only way to do that, since they're falling out of Manhattan high rise, is for him to use his time machine. Right. And he basically, as it were, you know, essentially kidnaps the kid. And by the end of the first episode, the two of them are traveling through history together. So. Bog, being a Voyager, has probably what is the greatest time machine ever concocted for media, for television and movies. I mean, I I, I love time travel stories. I would love to travel on the TARDIS, on Doctor Who. It, It would be interesting, perhaps, to travel through the time tunnel. That one's a little dicier, I suppose. Bog has a device called the Omni, and it basically looks like this big, beautiful gold pocket watch with a V on it. It says, time waits for no man. You open it up, and it shows a globe. You know, it just always shows you where you are on Earth, kind of like a GPS. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's got dials for dates. You can set the date, but also it tells you what date it is. And it has, when you're holding your hand, two lights, a blinking red light and sometimes a solid green light. And it goes ding when when either the blinking red light goes ding, 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 or the green light just stays on. Mm -hmm. So what's going on here? Well, as they say in the theme of almost every episode, we travel through time to help history along. Give it a push where it's needed. Uh When the Omni's red, it means history is wrong. Our job is to get everything back on track. And it ends with Bog, you know, the little sequence in the opening theme. He looks at the Omni and says, green light, kid, we did it. And then they're running from something.
0: Right, right. Um, tanks, I think. Yeah, tanks yeah, or yeah. something yeah. like that.
1: But that's the basic premise of the show is that this guy who is a time traveler called a Voyager is supposed to go through history and fix it and correct it. And, and here's the, the, the funny thing is he lost his guidebook to Jeffrey's dog. Right. And Bog himself, we find out in the first episode, went to this place called Voyager School, wherever Voyager School is but didn't pay attention in class that much because he has a thing for blonde women yes. and there was one in his class <laughs> who distracted him. You know, this is, this is yeah, yeah. relevant soon. But he discovers from the very, you know, basically when he grabs Jeffrey and he hits the Omni, the Omni is apparently in what, you know, it, you, you can figure this out after a while of watching, but the Omni is in what's called automatic mode, which right. means it takes you to a red light zone and it takes them into Egypt and the way Bog describes it is the year 1450 BC. There's a little baby in a basket. Jeffrey realizes the baby is Moses and this baby has to be taken out of the reeds and put back on the Nile. And Bog comes to realize that this kid, it turns out his father was a history professor. This kid is a history ace. And since Bog doesn't have his guidebook anywhere, he's going to take Jeffrey around with him. Mm-hmm. Now, you may ask yourself, why doesn't he take Jeffrey home? And it's part of the mythology of the series. and That's something I will want to talk about as well. Definitely. Bogg's Omni only goes up to the year 1970. The fact that he ended up in 1982 and grabbed a kid out of 1982, that wasn't supposed to happen. Technically, his Omni shouldn't be able to go there, and yet it did, but he can't bring the kid home. Right. So right. by the end of the episode, um, I think in the first episode they also I think it's when they help the Wright brothers build their plane. Yes. Um, and what else happens in the first episode? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it,
0: oh. Oh yeah. They're in World War One.
1: <laughs> yes. yeah, Yes. They yes. wind up
0: shooting down the Red Baron. Actually. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, right.
1: Because what what happens when you when you fall into a red zone? This is one of the cool things about the show. It's either you're somewhere where history is wrong and something you can fix it then and there. Mm-hmm. Or you find yourself essentially in an alternate universe. Right. And so they find themselves in France, 1918, World War I, and there's no airplanes. Nobody's flying airplanes. Uh, they actually, I think, meet um, Eddie Rickenbacker, and he's not flying an airplane. And Jeffrey realizes airplanes are supposed to have been invented by 1903. We've got to go back. Actually, they first go to Kitty Hawk, and there's nothing there. They've right, got to right. go back even further to Dayton, Ohio, to, to find the Wright brothers and, and, and to fix the problem there. So... You have the, these, you know, red red zones, as it were, where you either have to fix something right there and then. Uh, for example, one episode, they discover Benjamin Franklin is having trouble with his kite and the key, and they just take care of that. Right, right. Or you find an alternate universe, and you have to go back in time and fix whatever it is that made this universe not the way it should be. But what's also cool about this show, I, I, I really want people to go out there and watch it. By the way, yeah. it is available on DVD, and you can purchase the whole thing on streaming. Yeah. And yes, there's only one season... 20 episodes, and and, uh, we'll talk about the fandom and and the importance of that, too. Yeah, Um, yeah. But every episode really does focus on on parts of history and tries to teach. And and the point of it being an educational show as well, it's still very entertaining. But uh, at the end of every episode, during the closing credits and the, the closing theme, uh, the actor who played Jeffrey Jones, an actor named Mino Pelouse, mm-hmm. he would always do a voiceover like, "If you want to learn more about the Wright brothers, take a voyage down to your public library. It's all in books." Yeah. So every episode ended with an encouragement for kids to go out and to read more about the historical time period that they were had learned about in this episode. Now, I mean, I was a science fiction kid. I, I was watching Star Trek. I was reading uh, Analog and Asimov's magazines. I, you know, I, I just, you know, I liked time travel as a story. Thing. You tell me there's a time travel TV show movie. I'm, I'm interested in it. Sure. But this show had a special appeal to to me. And actually, it, it's interesting because um, today, in the year 2018, there, mm-hmm. there is a fan base out there. And I want to actually, uh, can I de- delve into that? For yeah, a definitely. We'll come back go to for it. So, yeah. you know, there, there are many of us who did like the show when we were younger, when we were kids. I actually, it, it's interesting, Mina Palouse is exactly one day older than I am. So wow. he was playing a kid in the show who was a little younger than both of us. The kid was 11 when they get him and he, and he turns 12 during the, the season. He and I were both 12 years old, I think, when the show was out. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, I mean, I had this kid to identify with. And you right, have right. you have a population, a lot of kids who watch the show. But then there was the other fan base. <laughs> the other actor uh, who played Phineas Bogg was a... Man named John Eric Hexham. And I think he was about twenty seven when he was in the role. I may have that age wrong, but he's how 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 would you describe him?
0: Oh, my gosh, he is hunky. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's a good that's a good description. He, yes, he yes. is a good looking guy. he is he's he was gorgeous. also very charming. <laughs> In the yeah. role, he is yeah. very good with the smiling, very good talking, and they put a lot of romance into the episodes. Yeah. So it turned out that besides a fan base of what I would say would would be young boys, and, mm-hmm. and I, I I haven't met many people who are my age who are girls who watched the show at the time, mm-hmm. but there was also a fan base of a lot of women <laughs>
0: who yeah. watched the show <laughs>
1: for this very handsome actor. I and, totally and, and believe it. Yeah. I will say that. They would always pair him with other with women on the show who are very nice looking women. So you have this whole romantic dynamic that anybody can enjoy. Yeah. But it has created for what I think later interesting fan base nowadays. I'm in a group on Facebook of fans of the show. And, you know, I, I tend to feel that this is sort of how it gets divided. There's a lot of people like to post pictures of John Eric Hexam and a lot of, but also they do like the show for the, the, the other aspect of it, time travel and all that. And I have to admit, he- you know, Hexam's Phineas Bogg, very charming man. Yes. Um, and I, I do want to <laughs> give a shout out because you know, the fact is that this was a show that over the years it disappeared, you know, you couldn't just, we didn't have streaming video back in my day. And eventually I remember the Sci-Fi Channel showed it for a while. It was 11 years ago they released it on a DVD. Nice. And and I discovered discovered years ago. Um, that basically, I, I would probably call her the biggest fan of Voyagers, uh, Ginger de los Rios. Okay. She is the creator of a website called the Voyagers Guidebook. It's Voyagers Guidebook, it's one dot net, mm-hmm. where she has all this information about Voyagers, about the TV show. And it's really a, a very useful resource. And I know she's been trying to work on a, on a book about the show. And uh, eventually, I'm hoping yeah. that that will be finished. But um, I do want to make a, a point of thanking her. Mm-hmm for having kept the flame going for, so, and creating this group on Facebook so those of us who are into the show can gather and talk about it. it turns out, by the way, just found this out. I, I did not know this. Uh-huh. Um, the, the, the fans of the show, you don't know where we're going to pop up. The new Halloween movie that just came out, which yes. is not a movie I would ever see. <laughs> but apparently there's a scene in it where they're panning across, like before the first murder or something, and um, there's a TV show showing Voyagers. This is a TV oh set showing gosh. Voyagers. <laughs> and apparently there's an interview with the director where he talks about how this is one of his favorite shows and uh-huh. he wanted to put it in there and it's like, That's amazing. I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to (laughs) see this movie, but you know, just the the, the there's so many fans out there. So this show Voyagers was created by a man named James D. Parriott. Mm -hmm. He's done a lot of television in his life. Uh, One of the people who worked on the show as one of the producers for a long time is a woman named Jill Sherman, who also is on the IMDb as Jill Donner. I I know very little about these people. I mean, most of the time, most of us who were were looking at the, we're checking who the creators were in some of the, a lot of guest stars on the show that I can talk about. Yeah, yeah. But the big thing that I Really wanted was one of those time machines. I wanted that Omni. I wanted to be able <laughs> to hold this beautiful pocket watch here, at ding green. I want to be able to push the button and time travel. Right. But if I couldn't time travel, I just, you know, I, I bet there were probably at least a hundred of us who probably wrote to, you know, Universal Studios and say, "Could you just spare one Omni device?" And <laughs> I think they made three or four, and they, and they you know, didn't. Uh, they didn't never gave them away to anyone, as far as I know. But there are people out there who who can build them, you can buy some a model of one, three uh, D printing you know, and, and of right. course, most people don't know this show. And, and, and more people should. It, it, it's interesting because um, when Quantum Leap came out, mm-hmm. and, and many people know Quantum Leap, it lasted five seasons. A lot of people felt it was very similar to Voyagers. It was looking at history, but they weren't focused on famous incidents in history. They were focused more on social history. And this past year, we've had this TV show, Timeless. Yes. And the creator, and it's very similar. In fact, they've, in fact, it's funny, Timeless, I think, used one of the plot lines almost from Voyagers. And, and, and what's funny is that the creators of the show apparently in an interview mentioned Voyagers they remembered Voyagers I think there's a lot of people who want to like sort of recreate what they had in Voyagers going back before Voyagers what's interesting is that um, there's a kind of a, I, I don't think there's a direct connection to Doctor Who mm. uh, I mean Doctor Who came out in 1963 and Voyagers came out in 1982 so I, it's presumably the, the people who created Voyagers were aware of it but when Doctor Who was originally created um, Sidney Newman The Canadian um, who was working at the BBC who came up with the original idea for the show had this idea that it would also, it would be a sort of show for kids that could teach history. He had this idea of the doctor will go back to historical incidents. And Verity Lambert, the first director, was actually the one who brought to Newman the idea that we could still do monsters and things if we're telling a good story. She was the one who brought Terry Nation's Daleks. And so Doctor Who does occasionally talk about history, but often it's not really doing something like Voyagers, except I I have to mention that because it was when we're recording, it was just this last uh, Sunday Mm -hmm. um, that the episode Doctor Who, Rosa, Rosa was broadcast, where the Doctor and her companions or her friends, I think she called now uh go back to Montgomery Alabama uh, in 1955 when Rosa Parks got arrested and started the Montgomery bus boycott right and of course what's fascinating I, I was watching thinking this is a voyagers episode yes. this is the voyagers <laughs> coming back in time and they have to make sure that everything goes right and 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 that was what actually they did in this episode of Doctor Who and I, and I highly recommend that too but I don't want to I want to talk about voyagers but but it just you can see when I start thinking about this show there's so many places my mind goes and so much that, that, that I want to talk about.
0: It's true. It's true. Yeah, we were watching that. I was watching that with my kids and my kids have been watching Voyagers with me. And it's really funny because every time Bog starts, you know, getting into the romance, they're like, oh, my God, <laughs> not again. Are you kidding me, Bog? So it's – it, which, of course, is kind of, you know, what Jeffrey's doing most of the time. Yeah, he's, he's always like, rolling his oh. eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: I I, 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 have, I have twin daughters who are nine years old now, and, I, and, I was, and one of them was interested. And she, she watched the whole series with me. And it's funny because I, I was really – I told her I was happy that she's sharing my love of this show with me. But – she would roll her eyes when Bog was getting to the romance. the, right, the irony right. here is that I'm now sharing my frustration with her because we came to the end of the series, yes. and she was very annoyed that that was only one season. And she's like, "Why didn't they make a second season? <laughs> you know, I want more she like she wants to go back to the beginning and watch again yeah. uh, it's uh, and I feel I feel in a way bad for her, but um i i in a way, of course, i'm I'm glad it's like she 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 has, loves the show just like I did, even though she's a few years younger than I am when I first saw it. so
0: right, right. Well, hopefully it'll be, you know you <laughs> A jumping-off place for her as well. Um, So I think shows that kind of have you know a nice ending and everything's all tied up. That's kind of this completed world. Whereas shows that get canceled much earlier than they should be. It's like it's open and you know there's a lot of stuff that people can then say. Okay, this is great. How do I now go forward with it? So there's a lot of fanfic. I think is what I'm trying to say here about the show.
1: there, There is a lot of fanfic. I have to admit, I have not read much of it. I may be doing some of that now because you know. <laughs> m- m- well, that's funny. When, when we finished reading Harry Potter with this particular daughter, she wanted more and right. more, and we actually eventually tracked down. There's a Harry Potter fanfic that I started reading aloud to her because it's. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a fanfic called Goldstein, and it's about what it would be like, you know, about Anthony Goldstein, the the one Jewish wizard we know about, right? And right. it posits him as being a very religious guy being brought into Hogwarts, and so I'm able to read the story, and she's got you know references, she, she's she's got a uh, an understanding of all of these things he's dealing with, and it kind of gives her a, a, a sense, you know, a, a, another yeah. identification in the world of, of um, Harry Potter besides her, you know, feeling like that she's Hermione, um, <laughs> but but with Voyagers, you know. It, it, it's uh, there there's definitely fanfic out there, and, and now uh, actually Ginger, who I mentioned before, is going to help me navigate some of it. I think she's even written some of it, and I'm going to try to find some fanfic that I can read to her, because like, the one thing she said to me after we watched the, the 20th and the final episode, she wanted to know what happens next, right away. Right. You know, because of, of, of an almost sort of cliffhanger. It's not really a cliffhanger per se, it's sort of a, well, we, 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 we could talk about it. Is it okay if we're, we're going to do spoilers? Oh, absolutely. Those, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, although I will say <laughs> that, that
1: I, I this is one of the shows I would say that I, you can't be spoiled for it, even if you, if I tell you everything that happens, you go back and you watch it, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I've I've rewatched some, I I just did this rewatch with my kid and I... Mm -hmm. I've re-watched some 1980s television that I really liked. And a lot of it feels a lot more slower moving than television today. Yeah. Especially uh, going back to things like Remington Steel or Moonlighting. Mm-hmm. Both of them feel very slowly paced. Voyagers, not so much. There's a bit of it when I, I'm watching some parts of doing establishing shots and things that I think, wow, they would never do this today. Right, but right. I think because the show was intended for kids, they definitely are trying to move around a lot. And they, they want to do a lot of history in each episode. Yeah. So most episodes... The, the the general framework of a Voyager's episode is well first of all the Omni's not working the right. Omni is broken it's stuck <laughs> in the automatic mode right, you know, right. Jeffrey's complaining Bog is like looking at trying to figure it out they're in a red light zone the red light zone is one where it's 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 an alternate universe so you know something is wrong in history but it's something that 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 is wrong before let me think if i can think of uh, uh one example of that um oh so for example there's one you know, they, they find themselves in cuba but teddy roosevelt got killed by billy the kid right right you know, that's in the episode bully and billy so they have to go back in time and to that incident but when they go back in time sometime they, they get the another thing that happens in many episodes they get involved in some sort of you know altercation they, they, they get trapped or whatever the only way out is bug hit the Omni, and there's a bug right, on the right. side of the Omni, hits it, the two of them disappear, they don't seem to care that people notice that they disappear, yeah. you know, they, just, <laughs> you know they, they disappear, they're gone, right. um, and they land in another historical uh, event, but a, a small one, a short one, that's sort of like an example of, of, of let's say, the um, the Benjamin Franklin with a cut, right. you know, something that they can solve very quickly, they solve it very quickly, mm-hmm. and then they need to go back to where they were, they fix whatever it was in the, in, in the past, and then they always have to go back to where they started, because they want to check, and Usually, there's still a red light in that zone. It's like you know, for example, with um, the pilot, we now have airplanes. Yes, and the, and there are people flying airplanes during World War One. But Eddie Rickenbacker has been been shot down, and the Red Baron is going to basically kill him unless Bog and Jeffrey decide to fly the plane instead. Right, right. And that's right. the and so it's a new red light they have to fix there. So yeah. th- th- this is often the, sort of the typical structure uh, of an episode of Voyagers. So anyway,
0: yeah, I loved in the, in that episode too, where like they. They had the Red Baron like swoop down and then like a glove falls from the sky. Yes, it's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely noticed because when you had mentioned it at first, I was kind of prepared for it to be kind of a slower 1980s aesthetic. And it's definitely, it's, it's quick. The pace is, it keeps driving. One of the shows that I liked watching when I was in the 80s, <laughs> <laughs> I would watch uh, Ray Bradbury Theater.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Which is fantastic. I don't know if you, if you ever watched I'm ca- it. I think
1: I caught one or two episodes of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're basically, you know, dramatizations of his short stories. And I loved it when I was a kid. But I went back and watched it a couple of years ago, and it is so slow. It is so unimaginably slow. Um, so <laughs> I was really happy to find that Voyagers was not I, – I do yeah. want to
1: know there was one episode sort of didn't go in this formula, and it was really – it was kind of cool. The episode Worlds Apart – Hmm. deals with uh, two historical figures, Lawrence of Arabia and um, Edison and Thomas Edison, yeah. and what happens is that you know Jeffrey has to. Well, first of all, the Omni is not working, and and he doesn't have his guidebook. He can't fix it. So the mm-hmm. Omni is blinking on, and it's blinking both red and green. Right. Jeffrey is, is, has to has to flee, and Bog tosses in the Omni, and Jeffrey ends up you know like recovering from smoke inhalation in Thomas Alva Edison's house, and right. Edison having, trying to invent the light bulb, seeing this blinking red light, takes the Omni yes. apart. <laughs> so Jeffrey's all by himself. In, in in Menlo Park in eighteen seventy nine and he's gotta get back to Bog in nineteen seventeen to rescue him. But but he's he, he the Omni's been taken apart. And I, there's this wonderful scene where where Jeffrey's like going in and he sees the, all the parts of it, you know, on, <laughs> on, on on Edison's desk and he's like, You wrecked it, I'll never get back to him. And it's like, Don't move those parts, I won't be able to put it back together. Right. And of right. course once they invent the light bulb. He does put it back together, and apparently at that point the Omni is working better than ever. Right. You know, Edison did the, whatever he did. He fi- he fixed the Omni and it and it serviced. Of course, you know, in the later episodes the Omni is not working again because it, it, it's a nice little plot point. And actually, right, that, right. that's one of the odd things that there are often contradictions or things that take place if you're if you're following this if you if you watch it in the order which the episodes were shown, mm-hmm. um, you, you get some of these kind of bizarre. I don't want to say that there are plot holes, but, you know, I mean, it, it's the sort of thing if you're filming a show and you're showing them in a different order. Or, or maybe if you have, you know, if you're writing the scripts and you don't know, are you writing the first episode, the second, right, the third? Right, right, yeah. The, the TV show The Prisoner which is one I like, and, and maybe we'll talk about that at some point. Sure. Um, there, there is a, a story about how nobody – it's hard to tell which episode comes second because apparently three or four different writers were told they were writing the second episode. Oh, man. Had the impression They were doing that. So, <laughs> so they're all doing that. But, but, for example, I mentioned Benjamin Franklin before. Right. You have this episode where they meet Benjamin Franklin – very briefly, and and this is the part that's really annoying, the very next episode, they meet Benjamin Franklin's mother who is, you know, going to be, is in Salem and is going to be tried and, and, and convicted as a witch and they have to rescue her. And Bog doesn't know who Benjamin Franklin is. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yes, there's this whole thing about how Bog doesn't know history as well as Jeffrey does. But if you're watching in this order, they just met Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. And Bog yeah. clearly knows who he is. So it, it's, it's a little bit frustrating on that level.
0: Yeah. There are some times ways. when you kind of have to be very forgiving that the consistency isn't perfect. But yeah, yeah. That was definitely one that I noticed too. Yeah, it's the, like... the, the
1: other one I always noticed is that in the episode Cleo and the Babe, mm-hmm. uh, they, they set the time. You know, it, in that episode and people you've got to see this Cleopatra gets taken out of ancient yes. Egypt and brought to <laughs> New York City in the 1920s yes um, and uh, during Prohibition and meets up with uh, um, a mobsters it, it's really it, it's cool but, but in order to set the tone they have this thing where somebody announced on the radio Lucky Lindy's landed in Paris right and right. then just a, a, a bunch of episodes down the line yep so, it, so the Cleo and the Babe is one with Cleopatra so the one with, 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 with Charles Lindbergh is an arrow pointing east where they actually they have to they meet Charles Lindbergh and to help him, you know, get his plane ready to fly across the Atlantic. By the way, you uh-huh. know, there are a variety of guest stars, people you may or may not recognize who did a lot of 80s television or something. But I always like noting this, Charles, years later, Charles Lindbergh uh-huh. was played by Jonathan Frakes. Yes. A very young <laughs> Jonathan Frakes. And yes, as I, as yes. I, as I said to my daughter while watching it, I said, do you see that guy there who's about to fly that plane across the Atlantic? You know, a, year, a few years later, he becomes first officer in the Starship Enterprise. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and apparently some some people mentioned that they, they that when they some fans when they've been at conventions they've met Frakes. Uh, apparently, people have mentioned a few people mentioned this Voyager's episode. They remember him from this, and he seems to remember it, you know, fondly. And yeah, 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 he did the role, and it was good. I mean, he he did a very good job. You know, he did a very good. uh You know, he, there's there's a wonderful line in it where he's talking to Jeffrey, and Jeffrey is concerned but he's only bringing a few sandwiches with him on the plane, and he says, "Well, you know, if I land in Paris, I won't need any more sandwiches, and if I don't make it." to Paris I won't need any more and he he delivers the line so well you know it's it's true yeah Jonathan Frakes if you're out there I also I love the directing you did on the librarians and other shows you had a great (laughs) career from acting to directing to cameos good for you yeah but but thank you for being on Voyagers yes that's really what I remember the most
0: yes he was fantastic every episode I would go to IMDb and be like, okay, who's the actor playing so-and-so and so-and-so? And sometimes they really are. Like, I think Ed Bagley Jr. is yes. like the first episode, right? Ed Begley yeah. Jr. Yeah. is
1: one of the Wright brothers. And, you yeah. Know, it's like, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I recognize him. Who is he? Oh, that's great. Um, and with... Uh, Jonathan Frakes. Uh, with him, I'm like, I recognize him. I can't remember where I know him from. <laughs> and then, you know, I look it up. He was on Star Trek. and It's like, oh, he doesn't have his beard yet. Yes. That's yes. why. So, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things about uh, the show, it was a couple of episodes before it really hit me. It was like, everybody's speaking English.
1: Okay. So, <laughs> you know, I, I it's funny. I remember as a twelve-year-old kid watching the second episode. I think the first episode, uh, if I recall correctly, everybody in that episode that they that they encounter can speak English. Mm. Uh, it's, it's well, well yeah, because they're they're talking to a, Americans in France, right, and, right. And, they're, and they're they're in the United States. But in the second episode, Created Equal, I, I mean, we open in in seventy three B C E in, in in the Roman Empire. You know, it's an episode about slavery, and uh, and and from the beginning, they're speak everyone speaking English, and as, as and My thought I basically well there, I actually remember thinking two things thinking, well, first of all, of course they're speaking English because I have to understand the show right right but, but then I said, you know the omni probably translates you know and, yeah. and it, <laughs> uh, it's one of the things you have to you, you have to deal with and get away with. Now timeless, is being a little more realistic about that. They, they, I think they're having, you know, where they have it. Not everybody speaks English, if I recall how that works correctly. But you know, especially when you're doing a show for kids about history, there are things you yeah. have to do. Yeah. By the way, I, I do want to mention Created Equal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they the other plot. They do two plots. One about Spartacus, right. and the other one is about Harriet Tubman. Right. And and um, it, it's interesting because apparently um, Harriet Tubman has not been portrayed that often in movies or television. So the fact is that that she was in this episode. Episode. And, and uh, it, it does actually lead to some other interesting thing. Because I, I was thinking about this. There's another episode mm-hmm. where they help uh, Joe Lewis, the boxer. He's uh, you know he's having trouble with his nerve. This is one of the uh, later episodes near the end of the season. Um, All Fall Down. That's the title. All right, Fall Down. Right, right. And one of the things that's nice about the Voyager's Guidebook book group is that people find references to Voyagers and point these out to you mm-hmm. and um, Ginger who I mentioned before Ginger De Los Rios uh, pointed me to a book that there's there, there are people who write academic papers about time travel television and there was a book out there I was able to get from the library with like two or three essays in which people wrote about Voyagers Nice. and I found out a few interesting things from this book one of which was that a history professor who I took one course with during a summer named James Patrick Shenton a Columbia University professor he had taught my mom and uh, one of my brothers, uh, my younger brother too. He apparently had been a consultant on the show. Oh, cool. and I wish I had known because I spent a summer with the guy and I would have asked him about it. Right, right. Um, but the other thing is that somebody pointed out something that I didn't think of as a kid, and, and I, I want to mention and bring it here. But one of these academics said that there was definitely a feeling here of sort of the, the white savior kind of thing. Bob right. and Jeffrey. I mean, we do see, uh, you know, in one episode, some other voyagers. I'll talk about the mythology. And there's one voyager who's clearly black, and one who's Asian. But you have Jeffrey and Bog are clearly white. And there's one episode where they have to save Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. and there's one episode where they have to help Joe Lewis. And so this person, and, and of course, the fact is that you're dealing with the question of you have to preserve history. And and this 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 academic, or I forget, I don't remember the name, but he wrote this whole thing about how it, it's clearly very much a you know a conservative view of the world that you have to do this history preservation. And I thought about it. I was like, OK, on the one hand, he's right. And it's good for us to think about these things. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it is a show that was de- made for kids to learn more about history. Right. So it's not like I'm, you know, when I sat down and I watched it at the time, I don't think in my mind as a kid, I saw them helping Joe Lewis And I thought, you know, this is bad. They're taking away his agency. I didn't, right, I didn't Same right. thing with Harry Tubman. It was more like, I want to find out more about these people. And um, I think that there is a balance that has to be struck but uh you know at the same time i think they did try to strike it in the show I, I, as i watched it you know i watched i've been you know watching a lot of older television with my kids trying to to see things and sometimes there are things that just make me wince and i yeah. and, I, and I, I like i can't show this to them or i have to talk to them about this there wasn't that much in voyagers i mean there there is some stuff with american native americans and and the, the, the some cowboy and indians type things that they have um one episode buffalo bill and annie play the palace you know, Buffalo Bill has brought his Wild West show to London. Right. You know, and, right. They, and they clearly have some people there who are, you know, presumably he brought real Native Americans to play the Indian role, but they're of course in, in his show. And maybe it's realistic that this is what they would do. But, you know, and, and there's and there's um one episode where they have to help Albert Schweitzer right. with medicine and, and he's in Africa. But I, I think most of the of the characters are presented generally well and respectfully. But yeah, there there is that interesting question of that you know, you know if you look at it as a show to teach kids history that's great Mm -hmm. but if you look at it from the perspective of a science fiction writer like i am Mm -hmm. you're dealing with a show whose basic premise is History went this way, and we must preserve it. Right. And I think there's a lot of us who look at history and think about the things that we would change, both personal and, and public. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, the classic. You know, if I mention time travel, what what what's the first thing a time traveler will think of changing? I think a lot of people think of the Kennedy assassination. Right. You right. You know, and I'm not just saying that because I live in Brookline, where John F. Kennedy was born 101 years ago. I actually, it's funny. We we went to the JFK 100 celebration. Last year, and we actually took our kids to the house on the day the his hundredth birthday. And I said, "That's the bed he was born in a hundred years <laughs> ago today." It was amazing. But but that yeah, is it's amazing. Like, yeah, you know, I mean JFK is one of the big things. There are other things in history, but you know, people. I, I said, "What would I change?" And and um, it's like, well, I would want to eliminate the Holocaust, right? But if you eliminate the Holocaust, what then happens to later history? Right. Um, you know, I, I, timeless the show that we've talked about. Uh, one of the characters, Rufus, is African American. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, there's another the the guy who created time travel. On the show is African American. No, actually, sorry. I think he's 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 British. I believe. Uh, oh God, what's the actor's name he plays? I don't remember, but I'm sure somebody will you know, <laughs> will, will will take me to task for not remembering his name. But this character Rufus is, you know, they, 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 they have this line in the show when they're like, you know, is this really what you're doing, going back and preventing these other people from changing history? And one of the characters says, look, this is our timeline. This is the only one we know of. It's what we've got. It's what we, you know, it's what we should. And so that that's their philosophy. But I was reading somebody's uh, social media account, I don't remember where, that, that a friend of a friend, somebody who is African-American who basically said that he, he – he, could not watch the show because the moment Rufus is agreeing that we should preserve the timeline, even if that means slavery, and they bring Rufus in one episode, he actually meets some some slaves in the Antebellum South, and we hear about some of the horrors and atrocities this particular person like i can't watch the show voyagers does have the same thing the point of the show is that there's this timeline that's supposed to be preserved but i think it can be in a sense forgiven in that in that the point of the show is to again get kids interested in history that was the point right, of the show right. then and if you show the ki- show the kids today that's the point of it now
0: yeah, it's kind of implicit. Like you don't really think about uh, how they have to help bad things yes. happen oh, until that, the Titanic. Well,
1: actually, that's something. That's another one of those contradictions uh-huh. that, that 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 I look at and I kind of wonder, okay, what's going on here? So you know, let's let's back up. Before the Titanic, Mm -hmm. the very episode, there, there are two episodes, Sneak Attack and Voyagers of the Titanic. Now, Sneak Attack is an episode where they discover that General MacArthur died at Pearl Harbor. Right. And so they have to go back and they have to prevent him from dying at Pearl Harbor. And when they go back there, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jones, you know, the kid, briefly says something about... Stopping the attack, but Bog says we can't do that. It happened. We have to make sure, and 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 that's fine. Mm-hmm. But the very next episode, they end up on the Titanic, and it's like Jeffrey's completely forgotten this, and he's ballistic. He's going ballistic about I have to get to the captain. I have to warn him about the iceberg. And right, Bog's right. Like, Jeffrey, no, it happened, and and and, and it's just one, another one of those things. Why is the kid? Why is Jeffrey so? Willing to just go along with with the Pearl Harbor attack, and but is desperate to save the Titanic. So you know, right? And, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. It, it is. A, it's kind of a contradictory thing. But but again, there is the theory that that in in the timeline. You know, every, everything has to be preserved, and that's the point. Again, yeah, yeah. we travel through time, we we'll <laughs> help history along. Give it a push where it's needed. Right, right. When, when the omni's red, it means history is wrong. Our job is to get everything back on track. Right. And I'll sing a little bit of the theme music. You know, <laughs> I, I have this. It's funny. I, I was <laughs> reciting <laughs> this along with Bob when, when watching it with my daughter, and, and uh-huh. she's like rolling her eyes. And I, I you know, actually, it, it's interesting. I, I want to mention something to like sneak Attack and then go back. But yeah, one, one of the, the you talked about the women on the series. Yes, and and there are. Many women that Bog meets and, and gets involved with in, in, in you know casual relationships. He actually I, in, in near the end of the series, he, he in the second to last episode, I think. Yeah, in the penultimate episode, Barriers of Sound he falls in love with Mabel Hubbard who's supposed to marry um, Alexander Graham Bell and there's this Mm -hmm. wonderful thing and Bog, you know, he he wants to marry her. He's thinking of of, of giving up being a Voyager but he eventually just, you know, goes with what he has to do and he, he very, he treats her very rudely in order for her to stop being interested in him, yeah and, yeah, and it's really sad and tragic to think about how you know. But he does it for the sake of history. But um, in in this episode, sneak attack, he meets this woman, Jackie Knox, yes, and and Jackie is basically an intelligence agent during World War II. Her father is the commander of, of the base or or one of the commanders, and she goes to this whole when she sees that Bog and Jeffrey are sneaking around trying to find you know MacArthur. You know, she spies on them, and they they eventually take her out of time, mm-hmm. uh, by accident. Again, it's one of those you know hit the Omni kid and they end up going to um in, into the Old West and they're able to convince her that you know yes actually we really are in the Old West Do they end up in uh, Utah I think
0: yes with yeah. Buffalo Bill
1: yeah well yeah yeah, yeah. well that's another yeah. thing like they meet <laughs> Buffalo Bill's a kid after they met him as yes, an adult yes, yeah. um, but um, I, you know, as I was watching this Jackie Knox character and she of course falls for Bog and Bog falls for her but I, I kept getting thinking Peggy Carter Uh You know, know, the the, the Marvel uh, character who is an intelligence agent in World War II. And I was like, wow, this Jackie Knox, you know, I could see her. Somebody needs to write a fanfic where Jackie Knox and Peggy Carter team up. You know, I'm not going to (laughs) be the one to write, but, but anyway, so. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the, you know, it's um, thinking about Bog and all, all of the. And of course, actually, it's funny. Jeffrey does meet that one girl. And that, that's that's one of the things that uh, I remember that, I that book about voyagers or the book that had um, essays included essays about voyagers. Right. You know, that very second episode. Yes. Um, it a, was a a c- Cicero's
0: daughter, yeah, I think. Yeah.
1: Yes. yeah, Jeffrey becomes friends with Cicero's daughter. And and and, yeah. and and the person who wrote this essay dismisses what happens. Because like basically Jeffrey is purchased as her slave. And the very next scene, they've been having conversations. And she has she realizes, thank you, Jeffrey. I realize it's much nicer having you as my friend than as my slave. Right. And, and as this academic said, oh, wow, great. They've solved it. And dismisses this. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you know, I understand. Yeah, it's very simplistic and unrealistic. But- you know, it, it, it's it's a show for kids. Yeah. And, and, of, <laughs> and it sets and, 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 you know, it sets things up that, that and so Jeffrey has his one friend who's a girl at one point and then, uh, but anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Th- that, Again, uh, it's a
1: show for kids. It's yes, a show for kids.
0: It's true. And that relationship was kind of funny because he, I don't know if you noticed, but he was doing Casablanca lines.
1: Oh, uh, yes. Like the yes. entire
0: time. I think he, he really, he actually pulls out the here's looking at you <laughs> kid and stuff. And, you know, this, this isn't worth a hill Beans in this world, right? right, Yes, the hill of beans, yeah, yeah. That was that was cute and funny. I really liked how strong all the women were, you know, because it would be so easy to make it where the women always need to be saved and you know, or they're just romantic, you know, subjects for bog.
1: It's funny because that's sort of a historiography problem, you know, the way we look at history, but yeah, but like I I, mean, old Hickory and the pirate. It mm-hmm. happens to not be one of my favorite episodes, mm-hmm. but you have the two women who own the bar. Right. And whoa, I mean, you know, if I'm, if I'm going <laughs> to a dark alley, I want the two of them at my back. Yes. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're just badass. You know, yes. just You know, say it like that.
0: It's true. And then like Cleopatra is amazing. Oh, yes. I loved the little, uh, the montage they did where like Bog and Jeffrey are walking in New York saying, how do we find her? And Bog's like, oh, she's probably, you know, cold and <laughs> hungry and, Doesn't you know. Doesn't know
1: anything about how to navigate New York City Exactly. In the 20th and she's
0: in these weird clothes and the montage is showing her like selling her jewelry so that she can buy neat clothes and she cuts her hair and she's eating and she gets you know, involved with a gangster, and it's like, yeah, she's she's totally got this. Yeah, she, she's
1: on. Yeah, you know, yeah. She, There's some stuff she doesn't know. You know, like she doesn't know that Coolidge is president, and not emperor, and she right. thinks that Luciano can introduce her to him. But you know, but yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah she, she's like, she, I mean, she, she's probably. I mean, how many? I mean, given the number of millennia that that was, I, I mean, the fact is that if you were to dump any of us, probably, you know, a thousand years in the future, I don't right, think we'd right. be able to navigate it as well as she did. Probably and, and not. And admittedly, there is the problem that she's speaking English. Yes. But uh, But but the odds are you do that. There there must be (laughs) some. Right, right. Which actually might be a good time to sort of turn a little discussion of what what we could call the mythology of the show. Sure, definitely. You know, so, because I mean, this is one of the things, again, the show is about history and teaching kids history. Mm -hmm. But like any program or many programs, especially for those of us who are fans of science fiction and fantasy, Mm -hmm. you have some things that we call the mythology, which is what's the background, what's going on. It's sort of going deeper into, Actually, I'm not really sure the best way to define it, but but mm-hmm. I, like you know, X Files would do this a lot. They would have Monster of the Week and other that, but sometimes they would delve into the mythology of what's going on in the background. Right, right. Voyagers actually did this quite a few times in ways that makes me want to know more about who these people were. And in the very yes. first episode or second episode, or or one of them, the Omni is found and somebody says um, is, is, is auctioning it, and he says that it was a, 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 made by sorcerers from a faraway island. And right, Boggs right. Says they're not far off. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So so let's start with Bog. Yeah. Who is Bog? Because you have this guy who, and this is another thing—they always wear the same clothing when they travel through time. They do, which but, is, but then they yeah. change it to, into current clothing. <laughs> but, but it's part of what you—you're do, You're identifying the character. You know, you give Jeffrey the the, the red and white striped shirt—that's uh-huh. that's his uniform. It's his costume. Yep. Bog is dressed as a pirate. He's yep. got the sort of leather vest. He's got a a, a a white shirt that's cut right down to his belly button. <laughs> right. Um. But you know, it's like he and and, and it's like, who is he? Well, it, apparently he is a pirate because in the yep. episode Old Hickory and the Pirate, he he. He says a few things about being... It sounds like he... he, was a pirate a hundred years before that episode? Right. So, so clearly, there's something that they do pluck people out of history. They do yeah. pluck human beings out of history to be a voyagers. And, right, and, and right. we have this idea that they bring them to this place called Voyager School, where presumably they are with other voyagers who uh, the same age or whatever, and, and who knows? You know, I mean, was Bog a pirate as a kid? It's hard. It's hard to figure out how this all works. Right. But they, they learn history. They probably learn other things. And they, and they and of course they eventually have their guidebook. But so we, so we have this idea. Okay, so maybe people are plucked out of history, but then we have a few other things that are are kind of bizarre I think, if I remember correctly, in the order in which the episodes are shown, uh-huh. the first Voyager we meet who is not Bog, yes. is a man named Isaac Wolfstein, yes, who, by the way, is played by the actor Michael Fox, the the original Michael Fox, not mm-hmm. Michael J. Fox. Right. Isaac Wolfstein is known as Wildman Wolfstein. He's apparently a a very well respected and, and, and admired Voyager. Like he did all these great things, but he's retired, mm-hmm. and and they they encounter him in um they're in Brooklyn they're, in they're, like in, they're, 19... they're actually it, it looks like it's supposed to be Brooklyn but they, there's something they say that that's the Bronx. Huh. They're there you know because I think he mentions something about it being the Bronx. Gotcha. And it's in it's in the 1930s.
0: Right, right. Um
1: wait, okay so Oh Travels of Marco and Friends. That's the episode. That's the one that's the episode with Marco Polo. Gotcha. Um that's that's the one in which they 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 encounter him. And so they you know they they actually they they meet what happens is they meet Albert Einstein very briefly right um, they're trying to um, they, they, they rescue his life and, and 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 wildman Wolfstein Isaac Wolfstein sees the Omni and starts calling Voyager Voyager <laughs> and it turns out that he's retired. Mm-hmm. And as he says, he's a, he was retired and he came. He retired. And, and Jeffrey doesn't understand, why would he retire to New York City in the 1930s? It's like, you know, it was a great place, you know, beautiful you know, beautiful city, beautiful women, beautiful stock market. Right. And Jeffrey says, but what about the crash of 1929? And, you know, he said right, Wolfstein says in 1925, this was a great place to be. And Jeffrey says, what about the stock market crash in 1929? And Isaac says, my Omni only went up to 1925. <laughs> know, he talks with this older man, Jewish accent. Right, know, Bronx, right. Brooklyn. I'm
0: not a and, for- and tell us. And, and, yeah, and, and they go
1: through this whole thing where they take him. He wants to go to an island, and they take him to an islands, and they rescue him from the island because it turns out they dropped him in the Marshall Islands, right? Thing. Right, you Bikini know, Atoll. Test. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, and the episode ends and he goes back home to where he's retired in in New York City. But, again, some of the mythology here really confused me. Why would the Voyager, whoever they are, the the Voyager council or or, or the people who are in charge, Mm -hmm. if, if, if a Voyager has spent his whole life or her whole life traveling through history, fixing it, okay, it's time for you to retire, we give you a place to go, we give you a pension, I want to go to 1925 New York City, that's great, Bye-bye? Yeah, not gonna, seriously. First of all, he didn't learn history past 1925 in his school. And and secondly, they're not going to tell him, oh, by the way, in 1929, something's going to happen. Maybe you don't want to be here. I, I mean, <laughs> th- th- yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's an already a contradictory part of their mythology. But, but he is he is the first other Voyager they meet. So we get a feeling mm-hmm. uh, of a world of, of Voyagers outside of of just who Phineas Bogg is, mm-hmm. and then you hit what what I, I I tend to think is is one of my favorite episodes of the series because this is mythology ramped up. Right, um, right. There is an episode called the Trial of Phineas Bogg. Yes. And it opens that Bog and Jeffrey land in what looks like some sort of courtroom. Bog isn't sure where they are. Jeffrey's complaining that he hit the Omni. Bog's like, I didn't hit the Omni. It turns out they're back at Voyager School. Yeah. Now I have read, <laughs> and I don't know how accurate this is, but I have read that they that they did this episode because they thought they were being canceled. And they were going to try to bring things to a conclusion, but at the last minute they weren't, so they mm. were able to keep going. Gotcha. But the trial of Phineas Bog introduces us to to a whole lot of fascinating things. We see this courtroom that that apparently is Voyager School. The first Voyager we meet is Susan. And Susan is the blonde that, yes. that, that, that Bog kept staring at and daydreaming about. And apparently it's funny because when she's talking to him and Jeffrey about this, and Jeffrey says, you know, you told me that you didn't pay attention. There was this blonde in your class. Right. And Susan is like <laughs> and actually quite flattered in saying, I wish you had spoken up, Phineas. You yeah, know, it's like yeah. that. But what we find is that apparently Bog is going to be on trial. And, and that's the other thing that's weird about the show. It's the 13th episode of a one-season series, and it's a clip show. Yeah, you know because they, they <laughs> because basically they, they put his omni in the, what's called um, on some device that could read the omni memory recorder, mm-hmm. and we meet the second Voyager. we we meet a bunch of voyagers, but Susan was in Boggs' class, a of mm-hmm. Voyager school, and so was this Drake. Drake, yeah, yes. and, and this is where the mythology starts break you know going really high. Drake is the, the the seems to be an evil Voyager. He, he's a you know very very um, you know nasty guy, um, and. He has apparently. There's a new order about Voyagers where they're trying to go for discipline. And and as Susan is is Bog's defense attorney, and apparently Drake has had thirty trials and had thirty convictions. And and when you get convicted, you get sent to an uncharted desert island without the Omni. Again, it's like you know people have been trying to save history. This is how you punish them. Seriously, yeah. Take away the Omni and put them somewhere in history for them to live out their lives. Yeah. But but we we discover that that Drake is a a code violation prosecutor. Bog is what's called a field worker. Other people are in charge were administrators, and we meet this tribunal. Mm-hmm. These three people: Brindle, Garth, and Kane. It's mm-hmm. um, so like Kane is, I think, I mentioned the the, the Black Voyager, mm-hmm. and there's a woman who never speaks, who's, who's sort of taking the notes of the, of the trial. Right, and right. She, she was the Asian uh, Voyager. Right. Um, and um, apparently the, this tribunal is going to determine Bog's fate. And so Drake is accusing him of basically endangering Jeffrey and losing his guidebook and doing all these wrong things in history. Right, and, and, right. And, and it, it's, it's really... Um, you know, it's a it's a nice way to do the clip show, but you start finding out what, what we want to know more about, you know, who are these people? How does and of course the tribunal doesn't really function like any court we know. It's like Drake seems to be able to say something and then Bog or, or Susan can say something. There doesn't seem to be a, you know, here's the the, the prosecution saying everything and then cross examination, and then the defense says everything. Right, um, right. And we discover that apparently in one of the clip show things, Drake f- arranges things so the Omni shows uh, history. Oh, interesting that the Omni has this memory recorder that can record scenes just as if it was a camera watching it from a yes. Hollywood you know, <laughs> director in a TV show.
0: And it can also do it when the Omni's been taken apart.
1: Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> we see the Omni <laughs> taken apart by, in one of the clips with Edison. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, yeah. How it's is like, this memory recorder uh, working d- again? Oh my
0: gosh, yeah. But um,
1: but, we, but anyway, in the end, what happens, is very interesting, Drake at the beginning shows, and I thought this was cool, he shows a silverish Omni Right. To to Bog. He said it's a new version, model three sixteen fifty. Maybe that's somebody's birthday. <laughs> open time calibration. So it means it doesn't stop at nineteen seventy, it doesn't stop at nineteen twenty-five. Oh, it right. can go anywhere. And, and and that that's already cool. And um he he basically you know puts Bog on Tron, things look bad for Bog, but, but then Bog remembers that when they were, you know, in school, you know, Drake always cheated and he kept notes in a copy of the prince of uh, the Prince by Machiavelli. Yes. Uh of how he cheated, so Susan, you know, putting it together because Bog is like, I don't know, is, is stupid <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, you know, Susan. He,
0: he, he can be pretty stupid. You yeah, know, I, I in general. Yeah. But, but it's yeah. like,
1: like Bog is saying, yeah, you know, I know he cheated back when we were kids because he he always like kept a record of. He wrote these notes and he put on a copy of the Prince by Machiavelli. Right. And it's like, and Bog doesn't think, hey, maybe you should go look for a copy of the Prince by Machiavelli. But Susan does, and she yeah. finds it, brings the notes to um uh to the tribunal. The tribunal decides that that Drake. Is the one at fault here. And they actually are going to, um, you know, they're, they're going to arrest him, but then Drake gets away with his Omni. But, but, Showing how heroic they are, Bog and Jeffrey, they, they grab Drake, uh, they go with him. And, of course, because you have to teach some history, they end up in, in 1836, uh, the war, Texas War of Independence against Mexico. They meet Sam Houston. But they eventually, but here's the thing, so they lose Drake. So so Drake goes away and they can't, and, here's, and, and it looks like, and Jeffrey and, and Bog are like, oh, well, we're stuck here, but we have each other. But right. then Susan shows up because she finds him with her Voyager locator. Okay, so there's a Voyager Okay, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, it can't find Drake. She says specifically can't find Drake. <laughs> but. You're thinking, okay, it can find trick, but at the end of the episode, when Garth, you know, th- tells him they can, they, they can go and, and be Voyagers again, uh-huh. in, in order to keep the premise of the show going, it's like Jeffrey jumps into Bog's arms and says, yay, we're partners again. He's like, here is, you know, he, he says, here is your old Omni, gives him back the Omni. Jeffrey jumps into Bog's arms, Bog hits the Omni, uh-huh. and then Garth says, and here is your new guidebook, <laughs> and they're gone. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so they don't have a guidebook. Right. But they have a Voyager locator. Could they not use that to find Bog <laughs> and Jeffrey and say, "Hey, here Susan shows up. Here's the guidebook you forgot." Right, right. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> it, it, they they don't do that. It, it, it there's also an interesting thing that that came up in this episode in the mythology that I I found fascinating as well and and would love to you know like how does this work? Mm-hmm. Um, Drake trying to get Jeffrey get Bog in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, when Bog tells Jeffrey, if, if I'm found guilty, they'll separate us. You're going to go back to where you were. But but Jeffrey, as I mentioned, is an orphan. He, he he's throughout the entire series. He's very sad yeah. for the loss of his parents. Yeah. Bog says, "I'll try to get you, know, you you to be able to go back uh, with your parents." And Drake presents evidence. This, this, this written document that's definitely not in English, you can you can take a look at it on the screen, mm-hmm. that Jeffrey could not – it's like, as Garth says, the matter is taken out of their hands. Jeffrey is going to do great things. He has a future ahead of him. They have the records in, in Voyager Library or wherever it is. They don't call it a library. But they have this record that Jeffrey is going to do great things. And so Jeffrey right. has to be restored to history. And right. Bog wants him to be able to be brought back before his parents died. I presume that means you know to actually stop his parents from dying. But it turns out this is one of the things Drake falsified. And what Garth says to Bog is that Jeffrey is going to do those great things, but as a Voyager. And this, to me, I've always found paradoxical. Yeah. Because what are the great things that you can do as a regular person living through history, but also be doing as a voyager? You know, to, to me, it's it's hard for me to, to reconcile. This. Maybe, mm-hmm. may, maybe what it is is that it says that Jeffrey was going to, you know, let's say, lead a revolution. But perhaps what it is is, as a voyager, he helps someone else lead a revolution. That that could possibly be something. Sure. But, but I always found this part a little bit confusing. It's like he's going to do those great things, but as a voyager, yeah. Somehow. I yeah. I, I, that just never made sense to me.
0: Well, it's also kind of, you know, similar to like the minority report, right? That there's this pre-knowledge yes. of what people are going to do, right? So if they're able to tell that Jeffrey is going to do great things, wouldn't they have also been able to tell that Drake was going to be, you know,
1: <laughs> be, 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 an <laughs> be evil a problem? Person. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I love the way that that, that that Drake, you know, when he said when he talks about the, why did you keep a written record of it, you know, and he and he says that the future will judge me as a hero, right? You know, and Garth <laughs> says, but until then, you will deal with the the rulings of this tribunal, and they shall be harsh. And then right, right, sword, right. disappears. Yeah. So so going so going further in the mythology, I mean, that is the mythology episode, the tribunal. Right. Right. Spock. Yeah. But then we hit um a few episodes later voyagers of the titanic yep and this is a great episode um you know it's set partly in the titanic but also set when during time Louis Pasteur is trying to create the, the the rabies vaccine and we meet Olivia Dunn, class of 97. She says <laughs> Olivia Dunn, 97. So we don't know if that 97 is referring to 1997 or 2097, but um, she apparently was in Bog's class and she's another blonde woman, but apparently she was one that he didn't get along with very well. <laughs> Although in the episode they do end up kissing when they're, they, it's a yep. very moonlighting thing. They're yelling at each other and then they, they're kissing each other. Yep. But, but she's traveling with her Omni and her guidebook, but her Omni got taken away by this bad guy, and, and when Bog rescues her and the two of them get into this whole argument, but well, we, we don't know again much about her. She wears what looks like kind of like a leather bomber jacket and a scarf, giving a sort of World War II feel of who the character is. Uh, all a, a, and she goes through a kind of a, in the story an arc where she feels like she failed and she's going to give up being a voyager. And then, but but in the end, she, she decides she's going to stick around and still still do it because she can't leave history in the hands of people like Bog and Jeffrey, right. you know, guys like them. <laughs> you know, what's wrong with guys with nothing, you know? But, right. but so so there is kind of the the weird you know Bog rescuing a woman thing almost there. Yeah. On the other hand, the fact is that wait, this is another Voyager. Our Voyagers encounter. I mean, I mean, which? How does the Omni decide it's a red zone? Are right, red zone right. is constantly being renewed? I and mean, once you fix. This problem, the Titanic, which, by the way, deals with this great piece of history of – nobody seems to remember today, but in 1911, the Mona Lisa was stolen. Right, And the right. reason the Mona Lisa is considered such an incredible painting was because of the theft. You know, you, you go – if you're listening to this, go research this. It's incredible. Um, Doctor Who actually dealt with this, too, you know, in, in one of their episodes, City of Death, the, 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 the Mona Le- – I mean, anyway, but, but they rescue the Mona Lisa from the Titanic, and then, oh, and then Olivia goes off and, and, you know, in fact, it's funny, Bog and Jeff are going to take her guidebook and they say, well, you're, you're giving up. Like, no, I need my gun. <laughs> you know. So so yep. that so that that's a mythology episode, because we we, we we meet her, mm-hmm. and, and again, we don't really know much about her. But you know, we get the idea, okay, there are other Voyagers out there, maybe people run into them. Mm-hmm. But then the final mythology episode is the final episode of the series. Right. And this is called Jack's Back. And this is a an episode where they end up in uh, November 1889, I think that's the, the year, in London, mm-hmm. uh, and they meet two very important historical figures. Nellie Bly, yep. played by an actress named Julia Duffy, who was on New Heart at the time, other things. She did a great job as Nellie Bly. Yeah, And yeah. Arthur Conan Doyle, played by the actor Michael Ensign. Yes. And again, he's a great actor. I've, <laughs> I've seen him in so many things over the years. He's yeah. done some Star <laughs> Trek and other things. But... Um, what this episode is about is Nellie Bly who is doing her around the world in 80 days thing and and, and mm-hmm. i we we just watched it and my daughter wants a biography of her i'm trying to find one you know the, if the who is people are out there write a book about Nellie Bly i mean yeah. this is a, <laughs> a great person to talk about uh, but she's decided she wants to smoke out jack the ripper jack the ripper had stopped killing people she wants to, she she took out an ad to challenge him meanwhile they they have arthur conan doyle's really Sherlock Holmes in this he 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 does something in this episode he never really did he took he, he, he rented 221B Baker Street, which right. I don't think really existed as an apartment, right, in right. order to try to write beyond a study in Scarlet because he can't, he, he's got a case of writer's block. So he takes on being Sherlock Holmes to try to solve this case. Well, what you have is that the person who tried to kill Nellie Bly at the beginning of the episode, and it's all this fascinating stuff, she saw his omni- and so, and what happens is when 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 Bog and Jeffrey show up, you have a set of footprints leading to this site, right? And a set of footprints leading away. But you know, and, and for a while, there Bog is accused of being Jack the Ripper. Well, as you can probably guess, you've been listening to this podcast. Yep. this guy turns out to be Drake, and Drake is is setting things up. To to get bogged in trouble, you know, as as if he'd the Ripper. But Drake also near the end of the episode, and they get rescued. He decides he's, got, he's he wants to kill Nellie Bly and Arthur Conan Doyle, and he's got them in an alley. And he says something very chilling. He says, you know, there's nothing personal. I, I may be misquoting this, but he says, "You're just a piece of history that needs erasing." Oh man! And and then of course Drake gets away at the end of the episode. This is the part where my daughter's like, "I want to know where, where do they do they chase him? Right, where do right. they go?" Right. <laughs> right. And and this is the part where I start thinking, okay, they've set up some incredible stuff for next season. Yes, yes, (laughs) they did. Drake is a villain. Drake, Drake is now, they've got a bad guy trying to change history you know, for the worse maybe, or, or or who knows? I mean, Drake is obviously an evil person. Yes. But but you could but I could easily spin it. You know, as we said before, maybe Drake wants to change history because he's he's you know because history should not go the way it is because of all the deaths and all of the you know the horrible things. Right. Um. You know that that that. You know, but 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 leaving it aside, if, if you assume that history does have to go a certain way and that's all for the good, then you've got this bad guy out there. You've got other Voyagers out there. We have been once to Voyager School. Why, why didn't the vo- The tribunal decide Jeffrey should come to Voyager School. They obviously they're plucking these people out of time to do this. Right, right. You know, it just there's all this stuff that doesn't get answered, all these contradictions. But you've set, you've done this one beautiful season. You know, some episodes I didn't like as much as others, but but frankly, I I liked every episode. Yeah. And you end it with oh my god, there's this fight with 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 Bog and Drake, and Drake gets away, and he's clearly he he's got a mission. He's yes. going to go out there trying to mess up history. We're going to see him again. Yeah. And are we going to see other Voyagers? What What's going to happen? Right. And of course, Ugh, the series canceled was canceled. It. Yeah. And, and I, I was very frustrated. I, I was a kid, but but I uh-huh. remember being very angry at Brandon Tartikoff, who I think was the guy in charge of NBC at the time to cancel <laughs> the show. Um, the, the story is that it wasn't doing as well against 60 Minutes, I think. I could be wrong about this, but there's an interesting mix here. Mino Palouse, who played Jeffrey, Mm -hmm. uh, is brothers with Solil Moonfry, who played Punky Brewster. And I seem to recall they replaced this show with Punky Brewster. Well, actually,
0: what happened was that at the time that Voyagers was on, there was some controversy with 60 Minutes. There had been like some scandal or something. Mm. And so NBC said, oh, this is our chance to come in with our own news program. So they had a news program called Monitor, I think.
1: And they, they may put it in that hour. At That, they that, put hour, it in that hour had to be yeah. educational or news. That was like yeah. part of the FCC rules, as I recall.
0: Yeah, and they decided to go news thinking that, you know, this is our chance, and it totally tanked. So yeah, it's sad the way that, that that met, that that went
1: because.
0: It wasn't doing, you know, amazingly well, but it was doing okay. It, you know, Voyager, yeah. Uh,
1: Voyagers was doing, I, I, it's possible that the, one of my thoughts would be, was it too expensive to make? Because you look at what, what happened with Timeless, that's very expensive they have right, to recreate right. all these historic, you're doing almost a little historical movie in every episode. Right. But if you look back at some of the history of the making of Voyagers, apparently they used the back lot often. They had all of these standing sets they would just use or they would go out to the places in, in the wilderness in California where they could film things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I get the feeling that they, a lot of the stuff they had available to them and maybe they they wrote scripts based on that so I don't think the expense of the show really uh, would have been the killer it, it seems like for you know, they whoever made the decisions, and maybe in the, as I said, the ratings were not as high, and they had these other ideas, but mm-hmm. it, it, it kind of has created an interesting thing in, in the fandom, right? Because if you meet somebody else who has heard of the show, who loves the show, there's instantly a, a, a connection there, a bond, no matter mm-hmm. who that person is. And it's funny because. I tend to think of the people as those of us who were kids when the show was on. But, of course, there are people who have managed to discover the show years later and who have become fans of these 20 hours of television and and would (laughs) would love for it to have kept going. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's the kind of show that... uh, if you're into science fiction, if you're into time travel, if you like Doctor oh. Who, if you liked Quantum Leap, right. you know, they, I think when they sold the DVDs, when they first released them 11 years ago, I think they, they were trying to sell it to Quantum Leap fans. You know, I mean, though that show was, I think, over by them, but they were saying, you know, it's kind of the precursor to Quantum Leap. You know, it's different from shows like The Time Tunnel. I mean, The Time Tunnel, I never really watched that much, and I think mm-hmm. my feeling is that that was like they they wanted to meet history, but every episode was like, can we rescue them and get them out of here? This show definitely, your time travelers have agency. Right, they, they want to do things to help keep history the way it's supposed to go. And and so I think that it's a, I think there's a lot to appeal to the show for for anybody. And I think that mixing the the mythology is in there, the 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 history. I mean, it's 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 fun to see history brought to life on TV or in movies. I mean, people yeah. and people enjoy. It. I mean, we, we we make you know historical films, you know, and 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 people enjoy them. It's funny in this whole series. In one episode, in the episode, all fall down. Mm-hmm. They actually do make it to the year nineteen seventy. In fact, I think they make it to is it February nineteen seventy? I think, and, and they there there's there and Jeffrey has to land a plane all by himself.
0: Yes, I know? remember that. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how realistic it is <laughs> or not. Uh,
1: there, there's actually there, there's a, there's a flaw in that episode where there, there, there's part of it involves a, this uh this bomb in a suitcase that had gas in it. And there's a scene where Je- after everybody else is knocked out, uh-huh. Jeffrey takes the closes up the case and takes it with him and then we, later in the episode they cut to scenes on the plane again and the case is still there you know oh, they, they reuse the footage <laughs> you know but right right you know. But but it, it's um it's it just it, it's it's interesting to me what what could have happened with this show and I, I can understand why people have written fanfic yeah, about yeah. the show because you know there, there's so much you and apparently there are some scripts out there or some stories that they were going to do that never got made and and again a lot of the stuff is at that website that, that Ginger De Los Rios put together voyagersguidebook.net. dot mm-hmm. uh, but but I highly recommend if you, if you've listened to this podcast and you you want to watch the show you can buy it on DVD uh, it's available on Amazon streaming you know yeah. Very reasonable price. And The only problem, if you if you watch it on an Amazon streaming, depending on how you watch it, mm-hmm. they you, a lot of these streaming services they they cut the ending theme and go right to the next episode. Yeah, and you yes. miss the whole. If you <laughs> want to learn more about Babe Ruth or Cleopatra. Take a voyage down to your public library. Yes. It's all in books.
0: It's true. Yeah. I didn't actually hear that uh, because I got it through Amazon Prime. Uh, So I didn't actually hear that part until like the the end of the last episode because Mm. there was nothing for it to kick over to. Yes. So then I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. They did it at the end
1: of every episode. Yeah. And I'm very annoyed at Amazon for for cutting it (laughs) like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have to. I have to. I wanted my daughter to hear them. So we're watching it on the TV. Mm-hmm. So I took my phone. I found the episode. I hit the button to do you it. Know, don't show us this. You know, don't, don't go to the next episode. Right. Is right. It? You know, there, there's an important thing in the ending. You hear yeah. you hear Mino Palouse. By the way, Mino Palouse had a um, after this. Mm-hmm. After, he did other acting as a kid, but he eventually went on to become a history teacher for a while. That is amazing. In, in an amusing piece of, <laughs> of, of irony, perhaps. But he's currently a professional photographer. Cool. You know, and yeah. uh, he 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 uh, he has a website. He, he he does very good photography. Those of us who are Voyagers fans, mm-hmm. uh, every now and then people talk about you. Know, does does he want to hear from him? it? I get the feeling that he's he's happy with his life and, and yeah. you know, Don't bother him. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mentioned I, sh- I should talk about John Eric Hexum. Yeah. Because th- this was a sad thing. So, yeah. So Hexum was a you know good looking guy, a young man. Yep. Uh, I mean, at the time the show came out, he was older than me. You know, and, and now I look, wow, it's a... but But um, <laughs> he after Voyagers was canceled, he was going. It was obvious he was going to have a very good career in front of him. He had did a movie, yeah. I think called a TV movie, Confessions of a Male Model, and he was working on this other TV show, and I forget the name of the TV show. And he and this was the tragedy he did something rather stupid but he had no way of knowing you know and they apparently there was something going on on set there was a delay or whatever and he was doing this sort of oh shoot me now kind of joke Mm -hmm. and he picked up a prop gun no bullet in it but it did have an explosive cartridge and he put it to his head and he pulled the trigger and Clearly, he did not intend to have happen what happened, but right. you know the the pre, the car the pressurized uh, air pushed into his head. You know his skull went into his brain. He he was brought to the hospital, but I I think a few days later he was declared brain dead. Or mm-hmm. I, I think the rest of his body was functioning, but his brain was not. And. Um, he was taken off life support. And I was a kid when this happened. It was a year later. I was still I mean, a teenager. Right. But I remember seeing it on the news. They reported it on the news that he was in this accident when it happened. And then a few days later, they reported he was dead. And I just, I don't want to trivialize the tragedy to his family. Right. But it, it did mean that those of us who wanted to see him come back to this role possibly. Could could you ever do it? Could they make a movie? Could they do a, a, a reboot of the show? Right, right. You know, he was gone. And he could not come back for it, and uh, you know, and and so it's it's interesting because one of the things that those of us who are fans of the show, you know, do, we remember him, you know, and, and we remember what he did, and uh, you know, and 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 it's funny. My daughter asked me about what what Hexam was up to now, you know, because, and I told her the truth, you know, and she 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 heard it and she understood, but you know, it's. Uh, it's a sad thing. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I, I kind of envision maybe, you know, if they were to reboot the show, you could have right. an adult Jeffrey Jones, you know, remembering Bog and, and having a, some other kid going around with him, you know, and and saving history. But, you know, I don't know.
0: That would be interesting. It, w- it would be interesting. You know, like we've talked about, there is just so much going on there that a reboot would actually work really nicely. Because there's just so many places that you can go with
1: it. Uh, You know, I I would love to see them do a reboot of the show or or a continuation of the show. I mean, frankly, you've got a formula that I I presume Universal still owns the rights because, you know, nobody ever gives up any of these things. Right. Um, (laughs) Or maybe they co-own it with Scholastic. You know, Scholastic was working with them on it, you know, as as an educational program. That's great, yeah. I mean, you could get a new actor, two new actors, you get... An actress, mm-hmm. you know, two actresses, or, or or whatever combination, get the you know rebuild the Omni prop or get them from wherever they are. Yep. Uh, and and just do a, do the show again, and, and say we're gonna t- and teach history again. You know, get get kids interested in history. Yeah. You know. Now that said, there's a lot out there that isn't helping. You know, that does help kids get interested in history. You know, there there's the Who is Who was books that they've done a TV show now on Netflix and, and mm-hmm. there are other things, but but and, and it's unfortunate because I don't think t- things tend to get rebooted when there is a somebody who has the power, who's really got the interest, and the the belief that there's a, a, a fan base for it. Right. You know, things like Twilight Zone being rebooted, Doctor Who being rebooted, you know, about a decade ago, mm-hmm. um, maybe more than that. You know, a, a lot of these things have, have, a, have a cultural significance to people remember because they've been around a long time. I mean, you know, people talk about, you know, like Star Trek is constantly, we're getting new, you know, we still get new Star Trek. You know, nobody is talking about, necessarily bringing back a, uh, I guess, Captain Video or something like that. You know, there are certain things, or, or, or if you want to look at, you know, even further, you know, uh, the pulp magazines, the pulp books, there's a character named Nick Carter, who was probably one of the most read about characters in the world for, for decades. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, nobody's like necessarily clamoring to do that. The thing with a TV show like Voyagers is that I think what we're getting mostly is like things like timeless people. People who remember Voyagers probably you know are thinking, okay, I would do my own spin on this. Right. But that said, there was such a great spin there. You know, the the, the green light, the red light. The, the basic, simple premise, we travel through time to help history along. Give it a push where it's needed. Mm-hmm. When the Omni's read, it means history's <laughs> wrong. Our job is to get everything back on track. Yes. You know, just, just I, I say that over and over because, you know, you hear it 20 times if you watch the series. Right, right. Um, <laughs> Actually, it's interesting. In the pilot, he doesn't say push; he says shove. Oh, We give history wow. a shove where it's needed, and <laughs> then to, to push throughout every you know in all the opening themes. Right, right. Um, shove
0: is a little bit too violent. Yeah, yeah. I, I like push better. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I, I, I think I think it's a formula that the that you know. And look, honestly, if if I were you know, living and working in Hollywood right now, and anybody would listen to me, I would be pushing. I would write up a you know a, a proposal for a reboot of the show and say, "Look, this is what you can do, and this is how to make it." And if fact, I would actually. I would. I, I've thought about doing this in some of my own work, but I, I would come up with that idea of you know what's Drake's motivation. Maybe, you know, it's, it's uh, they did it on Timeless. You have the character who had right, the bad right. guy who's changing yeah. history, but then it looks like he's changing history because there they, because the current history was was created by a conspiracy, and maybe history maybe shouldn't be. I, I'm, I'm going a little. F- extending a little further than perhaps they did, but who knows? You know, they, mm-hmm. There's so much you could do, and, and I wish uh, I wish they would. You know? Well,
0: maybe somebody will pick it up at some point.
1: At, at the very least, what we do have, which is great, is that people rediscovering the show and people discovering the show for the first time. Yes. Like, like you.
0: Like me. Yeah, I'm very grateful, actually, to you for <laughs> introducing me to this show, and I'm sure my kids are too, because they, they love it, even though they roll their eyes up Bog all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well
1: I'm I'm very glad to hear it. it it's it's great to have more fans of the show and more people Thinking about it and talking about it and, and enjoying it.
0: Yeah, this would be a good place to. Uh, I, th-
1: I think I think we're done to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah.
0: thank you so much for being on the show. This has been awesome.
1: You just gave me a chance <laughs> to talk for over an hour about voyagers. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is a gift to me. So you know, wonderful. Uh, I want to thank you. I want to I want to thank my wife Nomi for letting me come out here tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. She, she did the kid pickup so I could be here. Well, thank you, Nomi. Uh, and um, I and again, anyone out there listening to this, I I hope yep. you've been inspired go out watch the show if you're on facebook you know find voyager's guidebook you know uh, you know and you can say you 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 heard it here and you came and and you found wow you're a big fan of the show too now i hope yeah And, and, and and i'll tell you if you have kids my, my daughter, I tried to get her interested before she was nine, but this age seems to have worked very well. You know, if, if you if you have kids and you want to get them interested in, in science fiction and time travel or in history, this is a great way to do it.
0: Yeah, mine are 11 and 14, and they've definitely, this is, has been a great thing for them too. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Hopeless Fancast. You can follow us on Twitter at Hopeless Fancast on our Facebook page, The Hopeless Fancast, and find all of our episodes on hopelessfancast.com. If you enjoy our show, please consider becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash thehopelessfancast to find out more. Thank you, and we'll see you soon.